Hello and welcome to our first step into the giddy world of packaged noise and poetic glee. Just for you, we lured two nimble young poets into our studio, which isn't really studio, hence the sort of server noise which I haven't got rid of, but it's a really nice sort of sinister hum which will never ever get annoying. Um, anyway, they shall soon enlighten and entertain you with their words. Some of these are going to be shaped like poems, and others which may be less poetic but just as interesting and just as lovely. They are called John and Rob, and um, together they form the foundations of Trash Dorgan, which is just as thrilling as it sounds, and they're going to tell us all about that later. John, your poem July um, graced the pages of our latest issue. Um, can you tell us anything about it, or is it all secret? Oh, no, 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 it's not a secret. I like to well, describe times. Yeah, but exactly. <laughs> yeah, not a secret, it's out there in the, in the public domain. But no, it's uh, July was a poem I wrote uh, in a pub one night, uh, on the eve of the smoking ban, in fact. Uh, it was um, about a load of soldiers that were in the pub and what they were talking about and what they were talking to me about. And the pub's great. It, it's, it's a proper English pub that serves Thai food and has some really dodgy carpet. And it seems like the only pub in London where they permanently play Rod Stewart on the jukebox as well, which is manned by a man wearing a Rod Stewart t-shirt usually as well. So uh, it's a great place. I would recommend anyone go to it. Yeah, what, what Rose and Crown, isn't it? It's called the Rose and Crown, <laughs> <laughs> and it's on Lower Sloane Street, so it's not far from Sloane Square, but it's just bizarre. I mean, it's just not what you'd expect in Chelsea, so yeah, it's a good place. Oh, um, would you like to read it to us? Or? I will give you a reading, of course, of course, okay, of course. So uh, this is called July. I'm in the moment, on a page, drinking yard, sniffing lacquer, greasy fingers, dishwasher steam and guitar solos. Ash flick carpets, Paul Q lungs, or granny red floors and butterfly stalls. It's the eve of the smoking ban, and I don't even smoke, but here we are, puffing away like pigeons on factory roofs. We're all Goddard, Van Sant, Lawrence of Arabia, swinging left with hooks and breath like Braille. We're shooting eight balls with army cadets, one a mechanic, the other a guard, both underage drinkers, a female and a male. They're licking air like sugar and sucking fag ends like tomorrow's come and gone, kissing the tips of their fingers with hands in the air shouting, I'm ready, I'm ready for war. But it's time past closing and they keep on serving, determined not to let the light in undisturbed by what it sees come morning. We pile out come too, ready for water in bed, but there's a place inside of me back in that pub, swallowing knives and nails with my arm around them. Wishing soldiers good night and God bless. I really want a cigarette. <laughs> oh, sorry. I have to deal with a band now. It's my fault. I wrote the poem and they thought, but it's band smoking. No more. You wrote a poem about it. Silly idea. Because you, you don't really smoke. I know. That's, that's the irony. He's, oh, been, he's using God. his imagination. Yeah. I know. As a fellow listener, do you prefer listening to it or reading it? I like, I, I much prefer the performance, but obviously. On the page it's good too, so do you read our magazine? <laughs> um. I think it's always good when you read a poem and then you see someone perform it and it's like, oh, I would have done it differently. Or you think, you know, the little bits you imagine how they're going to perform it and say it in a certain tone of voice and they do it differently. It's always if, if you think that a line doesn't read quite right on the page, so you, you like trip over it, but then the performer carries it off with the, with the rhythm that's just superb yeah. and it just fits and you're like, that's how they did it. They knew it. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I find it always hard to uh, place punctuation when I'm writing poems. And when you read it, it sort of doesn't matter. But when someone else reads it, they sort of, you know, the punctuation kind of guides them through the poem as if they're some sort of blind person, you know, with a, with a stick and a dog. And they need, you need the punctuation, so they need to know yeah. when to stop. 
But um, I find it really hard to fit them in. So that's why I like performing it because you get away, you get around them. Yeah, you can break when you want. That's quite good. You don't have to kind of like when you're performing, you don't have to like just uh, ream through at like lightning speed. And you can pause, and you don't have to think to yourself, comma, semicolon, thus. You know. <laughs> Okay, so thank you to John for reading one of his poems, um, July, which features in our second issue. If you want to read that online, go to www.spiltmilkmag.co.uk. Um, in our third issue, we've got um, a whole collection of poems by Rob, um, based around the tube lines, which sounds cheesy, but he manages to do it in a less cheesy way. Um, he's going to tell us a little bit about them right now. The tube poems, basically, um, they're poems about tubes. You made it sound a lot better before. Trains of pipes. Trains of pipes. No, they're, they're like a, a cerebral journey into the underworld kind of thing. I like to put uh, a lot of weirdness into, uh, into certain mundane places. And being a worker, I obviously spend a lot of time on the tube. And um, I kind of started to think about what they would be like as people. So I, uh, that was about it, really. And um, started to write these very... Kind of gritty, I don't know why gritty's a shit word, cut that. Um, <laughs> what should I do with I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah, like putting these kind of, yeah, just a little bit like gutter water poetry. That's kind of what I wanted it to be. Like, you know, you, you know, you like come out of a tube and you've got this like horrible fudge. Like you feel that there's fudge on you. Yeah. That's how I came to have this sausage sandwich. Crinkled eyes brushed mine, concentrated and sneering. He unfolded himself and unleashing wisps of piss and cabbage, upsetting the Sloan Rangers with their malnourished dangers. Hobbling past hawk couture and holding a piece of heather, grin fixed in concrete, my personal space in sight. He called out in a voice of fungus. Charlie, Charles. Oh, he hadn't seen me in so long. I didn't point out that he'd got it wrong, and so I accepted the gift that was pulled from coat pocket. And I'm feeling the mustard dribble. And there we are. Uh, the actual story behind that was I was I was on the district line. I think I was going to like Wimbledon or something. And there was this blokey who was it was on the tube and he was like a white collar worker with short sleeves and you know white collar short sleeves and everything like that and then um, suddenly and you guys who are listening to this the three of you uh won't be able to see exactly what i'm doing but he's he's just gone <gasps> and he's got this this like oh my god i've just remembered the most important information <laughs> of my life what he had and they, what he had was uh, he had an unwrapped sandwich in his top pocket, which he proceeded to dive into, <laughs> pull out this like floppy kind of pret sandwich, and devour it like oh my god! He's just like devoured it, um, just constantly. He just forced it in like 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 a like a, a slice of cake just being pushed into a meat <laughs> grinder. Amazing. <laughs> and I thought that man. 20 years time, he's going to be giving out those sandwiches to people on the tube, you know, pulling them out of his pockets, or his pants. <laughs> <laughs> you know, completely insane. <laughs> Thought it was great. Uh, yeah, so that, that's, that's District Line. That's good. Um, 
And we can look forward to the rest um, in the magazine. Some of them are actually, yeah, some yeah. of them are actually quite nice. I like, no, I, like, I can't remember the nice ones. I just remember they, they amused me and I thought the words were nice. Oh, that's, that's kind of why that's what I aimed for. for. Yeah. Good, nice words, amusing. So thank you to Rob for reading his District Line poem. If you'd like to read the rest, and I'm pretty sure you do, um, they're going to appear in our third issue. There's about seven in total, so it's going to be a pretty good steal. Um, that's going to appear soon, so just watch the website or our Facebook or those awful things. Um, I mean, I'll find a way to let you know either way. Anyway, next we're going to talk about Trash Dorgan. Um, if you want to know more about it, sort of, we've got like a lovely behind-the-scenes story, which I've kind of cut from the main podcast just because it's very long, but, you know, amazing. So you want to listen to that afterwards, but here's the kind of um, plug for Trash Dorgan coming up right now. But we'd like to invite you to Trash Dorgan, and we'd like to invite you because we want you to come and see its rain-splashed keys and its electronic balls that dangle like eyeballs from sockets pulled by foxes. Rest upon its three-legged stool and see the pedal limp like a deck-bound beaten fish. Its body a litany of scars, five-gate bars, and cigarette butts pouting from its roof like a decapitated tree stump. Now come, smear a finger along its music, kick the bucket square, and watch as the clouds gather. Feed its shaking mouth with your curiosity, then prepare for its swarm of tinkling creepers as it reaches with useless wires and drags you into its mouth. Welcome to Trash Dog. So, bottom line is, Trash Dorgan is a bottom drawer full of poems and music. It's a night of musical and literary performance, of surreal and unusual fascinations. Yes, and it features the unexpected, dark and peculiar stories of Cortia Newland, reading from his macabre book of Dales Short's Music for the Off-Key. Indeed. It also includes us. Um, we but don't have anything prepared for us, but um, yeah, we're good. I guess. We're all yeah. We're not bad. We um, and we have, we have more acts as well. We have uh, Katie Bonner, who is a fantastic poet. Uh, and we love Ben Gilbert. You know about Ben yeah, Gilbert. Yeah, Ben Gilbert once um, stole the virginity of an entire Devonshire village, in fact. Merely with his words. Yeah. Creepy bastard. I know. He'll love that. And um, Katie Bonner is quite... Uh, is it's very good from talking from a feminine's perspective, uh, feminine perspective. So she has kind of a survey kind of way. I'm, I'm wondering if them two will, in fact, start a coalition. It'd be quite interesting. Well, like, a bit like David Cameron and Nick Clegg. A little bit. All topical. Yeah. <laughs> coalition? <laughs> the word? Oh, God. Yeah. Um, who's going to be whose bitch? We don't know. Yeah. On David Cameron and Clegg, or Katie Bonner and Ben Gilbert. Ah, we've also got another guy called Dave, in fact, called Dave Parry. Everyone's um, got a mate called Dave. And he's got a girl <laughs> coming with him who we don't know the name of. Yeah, I know we don't. Plays cello. She does play, we, we refer to her as Cello Girl. So we're going to have some bluesy uh, banjo and cello y stuff that sort of is a bit country and grassroots and strange. And I haven't pinned down the other acts yet. I'm in the process. I have emails that I need to sort out. But there should be some really good music alongside and of course some good um, poetry which yeah. is what you're interested in so it should be cracking night come on down it's uh, upstairs at the Duchess pub in Battersea on the 16th of June if you don't know where Battersea is what we're planning to do is give you directions 
in the form of film. Is there an online place where people can find this information? We have made a Facebook. Yes, everyone's Event. made a dirty Facebook, even you. I um, was made to do it there. <laughs> <laughs> if you go on Facebook and search for Trashed Organ, hopefully you'll find us and not pictures of broken kidneys and livers. Oh yeah, but yeah, by the time that this comes out, we'll probably actually have the wherewithal to publish it. Exactly, yeah, 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 we would have published it. Yeah. It's we might, even, we it's might even make uh, Trashed Organ a, a fully-fledged uh, person. Or organ. Which you will then be able to befriend. It'll just be us, but... Yeah, there is a Twitter, actually. If you go to twitter.com slash Trashed Organ, you can follow us Who as we that? talk about bizarre things. Who does that? We both do. Do we? I think. I always wonder who writes that. Wow. We both do it. We do you? Do. You are, yeah. We Spill Milk Mank follows us. Yeah! Oh, hell yeah, this is fun. Well, yeah, but we're like a stalker. We follow everybody. We're not. Oh, okay. We don't actually read what they write. We but surely you can't <laughs> stalk everyone. What if one person's going north and the other person's going south? How do you stalk them? They're the same. I'm, I'm that thing. You're one of many. There is a north and south on Twitter. It's just a buzzing swarm of birds. Yeah. You grab a bird that you want to look at, hold it for a while, and it talks to you, and then you let it go. It's not like Hitchcock, though. No. Alright. But yeah, I hear that you're both poets, so did you have any other. I see lots of paper, so I'm assuming you have other things you could share with us, maybe? Who, who wants to go first? Um. <clears throat> oh, thank you. Right. Come on, you go first this time, Rob. <laughs> Both point at me. I've got a cacophony of poems in my drawer. Uh, I'm just trying. This this one. Um, I actually gave this one a title. Uh, I don't usually give them titles, as Sam can see from my notebook of joy. Um, I don't actually title my poems, but uh, this one was called Comma. It was twenty past drunk. And I was attempting to urinate straight. A belated bodily relation to the piss-pint ratio. With my hands clamped on an armoured shanks, the basin behind as falling face forward was not an option. It was that time of night with blurry sight when the eyeball oscillation and the pondering on a regurgitation tickles to create tessellation in the saliva glands. I focused in through a tankery tunnel vision, and I spotted it. The punctuation on that wall is appalling. There's a missing comma in the pithy wall scrawling, and a frenzied fly off the handle, a scramble around my cock, all a jangle still streaming forth, the cause of my steaming, bleezing, drunk state. With my red pen procured from the secure place next to the little lime green notebook of my very intellectual thoughts. And phallus flopping, nausea knocking, I insert my comma. Now I will not repeat. I will not repeat. I will not repeat the contents of the next few minutes. I will say that I exited, my legs soaked with every piss drop that missed. Grinning like I just got laid, top glazed with the byproducts of my bilious internal factory, and I was absolutely relishing the pedant victory. Thank you. Thank you. I did not do all those things. <laughs> That's what he wants you to believe. Yes. I, I would ask John to read something now, but he's. On the floor. I'll be It's alright. You can cut this. You see. Yeah, that's good. That's I'll um. I will send you the. Tr I will send you the transcript of that so that you can 
know when I was repeating myself because I've left a line. Oh, I see. Yeah, some of it. I was just going to... I will not repeat. I will not repeat. I will uh, actually not quite a word. So this is a poem called The Tanker. And, um, and we've all been there, haven't we? You know, we've, all, we've all been working aboard a boat. And I'm sure we have in a previous life or in this life. We just don't realise it because we're asleep. It's called dreaming and we're crazy. But anyway, this is how it goes. I worked aboard a great tanker in the sea. Our office were rows of desks on a starboard slant. The few windows we had as small round discs peering into a washing machine. At lunchtime we boarded plastic tugboats in the open dock where the lock opened like a forklift and drew the water with a magnet. We sailed in twos with sandwiches, pulling rigging tight and low to avoid the boom. Waves of white slack at the hull, a large shirt folding its arms around us. Shoals of underwear ushered us along its bobbing carpet. Somewhere, though, the suds clashed with cloth. The sea stood up to brush crumbs from its legs. We flicked into the hull, groped for the docks. It drained us through its colander as the captain pulled the plug. His hands wrapped the giant lever, veins pouting like balls of blue string, pulled the lock shut. The jaw collapsed and crushed him. Trying to rise with silver chains around him, part of his side was missing. His three white ribs, coverless, woke from bed and threw up a cloud of blood. You both in my opinion, appear to be very good at writing and performing poems. Um, I was wondering if you could share with us if you have a, a process or any dirty habits that you associate with your writing. I mean, how does it happen? I mean, I know you said you um, wrote one in the pub, but you wrote one I, somewhere I else. I often write on the night bus or That's... the tube. Um, partly because I'm one of those lazy people that gets home and sits on the sofa and then falls asleep. Uh, note to self, must do more exercise. But anyway, yeah, so I, the tube's great and, and public transport in general, uh, really good. I find it's a bit more difficult. <laughs> I, I, I get it in really random and inconvenient situations. Like I'll be in a theatre or something and it'll be dark and I can't actually get a pen and a paper and I'll have an idea and a line will come to me and I won't be able to write it down so then I'll miss the entire play while trying to remember that line. And that's happened many times. Or I'll be in bed and I'll wake up and I'll have to write a line because it just comes to me. So it's sort of, it's sort of something, yeah, I mean, sometimes I sit down and I think about things. I think, oh, how can I describe this in an interesting way? And usually that doesn't work because then it's like, oh, I'm trying to force it. And it's, it comes out as a bit predictable and I'm, boring. With regards to poetry, I don't force it. But when it comes to prose, yeah, that that requires the, the, the force there. Like, to... I really kind of like take something and then just try to stretch it as much as I can so that I can get um, a very stringy idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, yeah, to, to kind of like stretch. I do research. I force myself to do research yeah. and, uh, into like um, any kind of anything really. Shady corporations, conspiracy theories or things like that. I'd like to spend more time doing research things, but I never find the time. I always find it sort of like short little bursts of activity that I have to sort of squeeze as much life out as possible. See, I I kind of think when it comes to when it comes to kind of like um, writing anything really, I don't usually go on inspiration. Uh, It's like the Hayden Collider. It's like the Particle Collider. At one end, I've got my own opinions 
and my own perceptions and observations. And at the other end, I've got Wikipedia. And when, when two particles from either side hit in the middle, that's when I write. I think it depends about different projects you're doing. So when we were writing a project about domesticity and I was interested in the home and what I could do in the home and what I could, the way I could write about the home, and that's where this keyhole surgery idea came out of, which is my blog, in fact. Go to keyholesurgery.blogspot.com for interesting banter about boring things and, and reviews about stuff anyway. But uh, yeah, keyhole surgery was not a medical practice. It was an idea born out of looking at something that's really normal, then deconstructing it as if you made a technical drawing of a fridge or something boring like that or if you've been in the contents of the rubbish you're throwing out and writing about it. Like Bender's pornography from Futurama. Damn it! Someone <laughs> in popular culture has done it already! <laughs> Sorry. And now this is our, um, this is like our wrapping up time where you can perform another poem if you wish or I can remind people about things they're meant to look at or go to or um, listen I, to. I think, I, I think I've performed enough. I like the, I like the two poets the two poems and and chat and we're at 40 yeah odd minutes yeah so yeah it's yeah. quite a long podcast so yeah <laughs> just remember people come come to trash Dorgan on the 16th of june at, at the battersea uh, in battersea at the duchess pub uh, um yeah which um is quite easy to find once you know where it is uh it's just by the battersea dogs home so it's not bad it's really nice as well it's quite a Quite, it's very nice. Yeah. It's like second-hand decadence, yeah. really, isn't it? It is very second-hand. It's got like um, old uh, chewing gum machines in it that don't work, like from the 1950s. Yeah, Bird cages full of crisps. Chase lounges. Yeah, lots, it's got lots of rock sort of stuff, like, you know, posters of The Who and Pink Floyd. Oh, and, and, stuff. and I think we've decided we will be playing a game with you all. Yeah, we yes. want to try and make some sort of weird long poem for the audience by submitting lines in the birdcage. But we're going to figure out the mechanic and let you know. <laughs> don't, no, don't tell, don't tell everything. Oh, yeah, said, I, said, I, said, no, no, I said to keep it kind of mysterious. Yeah, so yeah, come to Trash Dorgan. Wednesday the 16th of June, 7.30, the Duchess on Battersea Park Road. And, um, and of course, uh, we yeah, thanks to Sam for inviting us to, uh, to talk at length. Um, and give us beer. Uh, I recommend anyone come on, uh, come on to a podcast with her. And in order to do that, you have to submit to sub- uh, to spill milk. Do you not? So glad you're doing this more than me. I forgot to ask people. Yeah, we do want more people for more podcasts. I've got a couple of people lined up, but we always want more. And we also want more words just for our magazine, which is amazing. So whilst our, whilst we are compiling issue three, which has got Rob's poems and all sorts of interesting things you can read issue two and if you're really nice you can buy issue one because that's how we make money to uh, produce actual printed magazines next buy time. the issue it's very good. yeah it's yeah. very good i'm gonna i'm gonna go home now but thank you so much for helping me out with the first one because i know it was uh experimental when we were doing all the little tests and stuff but i appreciate it very much and i'm gonna come to trash dog and if i had friends i'd bring some so. yay yeah. anyway i'm yeah. gonna press the red button now yay say goodbye Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. So, yes, indeed, if you've made it this far, thank you very much for listening. Um, In the meantime, do go to Trash Dog, because it sounds very good. And do um, look at our website, because uh, we've got annoying things like my, not MySpace, what's the other one, Facebook, Twitter, and all that jazz going on, which um, lets you know when the issue's out, um, lets you know how to submit, because we do want you to send us poems and appear on our podcast. And we also have um, lots of information about other 
like performance and poetry style events so it's really really useful even though if it makes you feel dirty it makes us feel so much worse um also i meant to say thank you very much to john and what's the other one rob for giving us our jingle as well because uh, i can't do anything musical at all and here it is again enjoy <laughs> 